Hello, and welcome to a DM's Guide to Rime of the Frostmaiden. Uh, I'm your host, Greggy, and uh, generally we, we talk about where my party is, uh, you know, my planning for the future and things like that, but uh, from time to time, uh, when I'm very lucky and I have a, a good guest to talk to, uh, instead we'll talk about, uh, we'll talk to an, another DM and, and find out uh, where they are in their game and... Uh, uh, yeah, today is one of those days. We've got uh, the host of uh, several, the co-host of several different podcasts, and uh, you know, a DM of a, a Rhyme of the Frost Maiden campaign. Uh, John Schaeferheim is here with us tonight. Hey, John, welcome. Hello, Greggy. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, I guess let's just get right into it. You know, uh, <laughs> I, I try to keep these uh, these episodes uh, brief when possible, so. Uh, yeah, we should just get right into it. Like, uh, where are you from, first of all? I am from the uh, birthplace of Dungeons & Dragons, Wisconsin. I'm at, I live in Eau Claire, Wisconsin right now. Oh, wow, okay. Oh, so you've got Dungeons & Dragons in, in your in your bones. Yes, we've got... It's it's impo- you ha- We have to play D- D&D in the state. It's required. <laughs> no, no, so have you been playing for D&D for a long time then, or is it just a coincidence? Uh, no, I have been playing for a long time. Uh, I started, I've been playing since I was about nine years old. Oh, wow. With, like, basic D&D. Just, it was basic expert at the time. I had, my aunt got me the the red, it's what I call is the red box set before the red box set. It wasn't the one with the Larry <laughs> Elmore, it's the Errol Otis cover. Had wow. that, and then bought the, um, wound up getting the Larry Elmore one, which came out just a little bit after that. And I got that, went through, got the Expert Companion Masters. Uh, with those, I wasn't really playing as often as just my brother would run some solo stuff with my brother. Uh, by the time I got into high school, I finally got a little bit of a group together. By that point, we were playing kind of a basic, advanced, first edition hybrid and when I got into college, then it was uh, uh, second edition was the that's what everybody played, kind of a or more of a first edition, second edition hybrid. Everybody did, uh, but second ed was the one that I devoted most of my playing time to, and we played a lot with that. I did. I continued playing through third ed. Didn't play as much. Uh, I did. I stopped playing for a while. Came back with fourth edition, liked that, and but. And then when it switched to fifth ed, I switched with it, and here we are. Yeah, so you've you've uh, had a little bit of experience with all of them. So, what do you think? What's your hot take? What which edition is the best to you? Uh, right now, it's my, my answer for this is inev- invariably the one that I'm currently playing. Yeah, <laughs> right. But I do think that fifth edition is the one that I have the the best, the most fun with. There were great parts of all of them, but to me, fifth edition feels like second edition with the good stuff from fourth edition in it. Like okay. it's much. And it it's or it's kind of like what third edition would have been if, when it was designed, people knew more about you know just game design and balancing and things. So I, I, I enjoy fifth. I think they've done a lot of good things with it. Well, that's good. I, well, I think kind of this podcast 
definitely self-selects for people that are willing to give 5th edition a try since, you know, Rime of the Frostmaiden was written for 5th edition. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, I think that's a, a very healthy uh, attitude to have, you know. Uh, all the all the editions have their ups and downs, but, you know, the, the one you're playing with your friends is the, the good one, really. Absolutely. Have you, like played like equally as a player and a dm or are you always stuck as the dm or <laughs> what's your experience that way ben i i've been the dm most of the time uh in the second edition days i think i was it was either or there was a lot more people playing at the time it was a really weird oh, okay. sort of heyday that i did and i was involved in a lot of groups and a lot of people played and, and traded off that was it was a different sort of environment you kind of had character a bunch you had a folder full of characters that you would just kind of hop from table to table which led to all of these broken money hall things and a bunch of just <laughs> hilarity but I do DM most of the time now. Uh, my wife runs uh, a few campaigns, in my, and a friend of mine runs a few, so I do get to play now and then. But I think out of the two, I prefer DMing. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's always fun to get a chance to do both. Uh, but, you know, in the end, it, it is nice to be <laughs> the one that gets to play, you know, most of the time, which is, <laughs> I think is the, the way the DM is, you know? Right. How about uh, let, let's get into the Rime of the Frostmaiden a, a little bit. So, where is your party at currently? Uh, we just figured. Um, well, we ended chapter one, although that winds up being kind of an arbitrary, you know, division because it's right. they uh, they currently just I, I had it set up basically chapter one as a build up to fight the the Frost Druid who they just defeated. Oh, cool. Let's, I, I, I could take you through the entire thing if you'd like, because I was like looking over it today, and it's like, wow, they've really gone a long way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we will definitely get into that. So the Frost Druid, uh, is that like uh, Revson out of Lonelywood, or is that yes. a different one? Yeah, Revson out of Lonelywood. They went to, that's, um, they had already been at the Black Cabin. Um, and gone oh, through okay. that, so they fought against like Oriel's forces forces there, and so they really had it on on the mind. And and there and I had all I had been building up a huge mystery around the the various awakened animals, and they've been seeing more and more and more of them. So they really zeroed in on on they were going after the just just to find the the moose. And wound up um, stumbling around the um, the elven thing, which I wound up having to alter rather dramatically because, at face value, there's some really strange things about that <laughs> that particular encounter. If you look oh, at yeah? it, if you look at it logically, it's like so. Apparently, elves back in the day put their um, most noble, honored warriors in these burial cairns, and then they put this like this other one in a mummy uh, mummified one in this other you know sort of you know tomb that's that's there then they uh-huh. spell out for you exactly the weird way for you to get it to animate and be on your side no matter who you are <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah that's an interesting they, point that's an interesting why would point, you car- yeah. why would you carve that why would you take the time to carve <laughs> out exactly how to do this like are you afraid you're gonna forget it was this a punishment detail from someone who had forgotten it it's like you're gonna carve this so you remember for the rest of your natural life 
So how did you how did you change it then to to make all that you know square that circle there? Um, that I didn't change. <laughs> that I didn't. That was in. I was in the middle of it and realized <laughs> it. And so what I what I wound up having afterwards once when one of my um like the mummy came up and one of the players said to him he goes hi we seem to have awakened you into a mystery and he said after i said oh my people probably did some sort of elaborate thing explaining to you how to get to this point a bunch of weird tricksters they were you know (laughs) that's cool you were right. We should start at the beginning <laughs> and go through things because I want to, you know, stop you and, and ask oh. you all these different things. Oh, uh, sure. So, how about which starting quest did you go with? Uh, did you use uh, one of the starting quests they had? Uh used both of the quests. Kind of folded them in together. Okay. Um, they started in Bremen, which is where they met the bounty hunter, and they they wound up. I I gave them the Chwinga quest, but that came a little later on. Uh. I was starting to. I was taking a page out of your book, uh, what you were saying, because one of my players had the background <laughs> originally. It's, it's Sebastian, who I don't think he's ever. I've run him through about four or five campaigns now, and I don't think he's had an initial character survive yet. Then this one <laughs> wound up being no exception. But his first character had the uh, pirate cannibal background. Oh, okay. And so I was going to have. So I had built it into his background story that a friend of his had gone overboard and he was they weren't able to save him. And so they buried him at sea. And then he winds up becoming the chosen of Oriel, who becomes then the serial killer. That was going to be. Oh, OK, cool. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, he winds up dying. He got killed <laughs> in Tourmaline by the, the Grick. Uh, we'll get to that in a moment, and then so I had to make <laughs> some fancy changes for how to go on with that. Uh, but they were in Bremen. Uh, they were, I guess, just just briefly. My party is that was Sebastian, who at the time was playing the pirate cannibal. I don't even remember what that character's name was now because he's dead. But uh, <laughs> my wife Maggie w- is playing Cinope. She's a, a the Rejad barbarian. Oh, and cool! She, and she had. The uh, the what's it? What you, the slotty egg in her. And, oh uh, wow! Okay. And Clinton, my uh, my friend Clinton, who is also the the host of the Days of High's Ad- High Adventure <laughs> and Coffee and Comics podcast. Shameless plug for him. But uh, <laughs> he, he's uh he is uh was playing a noble who is there to. Uh, look for the ring that was swallowed by the fish. Oh, cool. So we added a whole background thing with that. and But at this point, they wind up they're at Bremen, they found the sea monster. Uh, Cinope, Maggie's character, is a ranger, so she was very nature fixated anyway, so was didn't look at look wound up looking at the dinosaur as more but that's so cool then let's do it so talking <laughs> oh, to it was was a very easy process so they handled that pretty well then that's where they um then when they went back they had found they had both i'd given them had the the one woman who was owned the i can't remember half of these names but it won't uh clinton's guy albion is his his character 
wound up his guy's background was he had been up in ten towns for a while anyway so that was a useful way that any given town they went to I could say you know this person or you know of this person and it was a lot more and it made it a lot better for how the quests would get handed to them because it is the problem with any sort of adventures written like this is how do you you know organically get these adventures and you know every one of them which is designed both if it needs to to be the first adventure all is like somebody walks up to you and goes here quest right well after the fourth person does that you you <laughs> want you know. so but uh he wound up start giving him the seed of the um of the sun in the the levistus cult in cairdinival so that oh, guy okay. said he wanted to go that way. So that started moving them in that direction. They spent some time in Targos. Uh, didn't want to do that particular quest. So basically their time in Targos was just realizing that the Zentarum were around. Yeah, which, that's that's good. Yeah. And that wound, because of that, that wound up becoming a much bigger part of our particular campaign than the campaign itself. They were really big on this is there's a bunch of corruptions. They were really focused on the fact that they did human sacrifices there and didn't like that and wanted to do something to stop it. And so I decided to give them what they wanted because everywhere they went, they kept bringing it up. And that's something I have. (laughs) This was a lesson that took me a long time to learn as a DM. But it's a good thing. It's like, we're not, you're not, they're not, the char- players are not there to act out your book. Right. Right. And if they, if you have made the, the world real enough that they grab onto something and want to go with it, well, you damn well better let them. <laughs> because yeah, exactly. That's, but anyway, so they did, they were moving that way. They got into Bryn Shander and that's kind of where everything really started clicking. Um, it's, they met that the the gnome, the what was it, copper mabernacker? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and Maggie um, just like completely um, flipped over this character, started hanging out <laughs> with. And I invented this ritual he would do every morning. You know, he's the priest of Lathander, so every, he would get up every morning when sunrise was supposed to be. And I had this little, invented this little sort of stone, henge that was there that was supposed to this ancient temple of Lathander from, from bat, way back in the day. And, oh man, it, it, he would go up there, sit uh, sit and do this whole ritual, which I kind of invented on the spot. And <laughs> and so she was into this. And then I had the it get interrupted by a bunch of weird Oriole zombie-like things <laughs> would pop up at oh, the wow. end. It was this real creepy little scene. And so because she became really big on it well we gotta this is a bit really big deal i don't like this and oh okay and so she winds up um of training with him and decides to take a paladin level oh that's cool on this and that, that at some point i don't know if it was before that or after that they met danica who gave who I changed in because I don't think I'm going to be using the um, arcane as presented. So I've okay. got I've got Danica and and Copper and the guy from the who was up in the black cabin. I had created 
just changed as kind of this group of adventurers who are there specifically to try to stop the rhyme. Okay. And so that's in in their own way. And she's more of, I'm having her as an artificer. And Maggie had gone to her to look for a way to cure the slot egg. And I had then just invented, gave her these little... Uh, some potions that she was able to if she started feeling things she could drink it and that would hold it back which I was able to do a couple times to add tension but all of that (laughs) but that built up to and she then took a level in paladin and was able to uh, you know then just use a lay hand and remove the disease and everything was fine but we we worked that into a big combat thing and it was cool yeah, that's cool. I mean, it's it's like uh, you know, she she met this NPC and it inspired mm-hmm. her to uh, change the way she was leveling her character and stuff. Uh, that makes a lot of sense, and 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 is a really cool thing. Like you were saying, so the book kind of lays out all these little uh, these little hooks and things, and it, you know, it might seem a little busy when you read it at first, but the thing is, like you did, you just find the thing that your players like. And you like lean into that specific hook, and then you know you maybe you let some of the other ones pass you by, but uh, you know you respond and uh, tell a story together. Yeah, and when it really starts clicking along like that, it's you know some of the most fun you're gonna have anywhere. Right, for sure. Let's see. I think from there they wound up going up to Termalane. Um. I can't remember what the, how they got up there. Went through the Termalant thing, and that's where Seb's character got killed by the Grick. He went up, snuck <laughs> off the head, um, rolled badly. The Grick rolled well. So his new character then arrives, which whose background was was a Harper. Now here's was the fun. This is the campaign got hilarious for about three or four sessions because of how these backgrounds were now working with each other. <laughs> this is not something I would recommend to do with anyone, with everyone, because this is deliberately building dissension with your parties, which can go so <laughs> bad. But I I trusted these players and they did it beautifully. Plus and plus Clinton was completely in the dark. Uh, so. But his background was he was being sent there by other Harper agents, checking out these two people specifically, to wondering whether or not they were Zentarum. And I and just focusing on Clinton's noble specifically because I invented another noble who showed up here, who shows up and wound up getting involved in the whole Zentarum election thing. But he was a rival from Clinton's noble family who was also there looking for the, the ring. And he had hooked up with the Zentarum and was now going to, um, tr- was trying to run for uh, office. First in Termalane and failed, but now, but then he ran down to Goodmead and wound up running for office there. So that was fun times. And so, but so basically for four, for four sessions, Seb's, Seb was absolutely convinced that Clinton was secretly a Zentarum. <laughs> That's cool. It seems like you've uh, you've really fleshed out that that uh, the 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 ring, the the fish that ate the ring uh, secret. That one is like a, a little threadbare as written in the yep. book, but you've <laughs> done a lot with it. How did your players end up with their secrets? Did you like kind of? give them choices or did they pull cards or what was your I um, I gave them I picked a three of them for each of them 
I gave them a choice of three and just read the titles of them, just gave them the titles and had them and then chose it and then gave them the whole thing and said that if you didn't like it, you can pick a new one. But but they all, all like it. Except for Clinton, I just basically, I said this would be perfect for this. And I asked him, do you want, would you like this one? And he said, that'd be great. Cool. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. Mm-hmm. Fun. So, which of the which all of the ten towns have they been to? Then it, it sounds like uh, they Tremaine, Targos, Prince Shander, Bremen. Uh, then Goodmead, uh, both of the Cares, and Lonelywood. Now, wow. Yeah, they they, they really get around. They they do. Yes. <laughs> they- <laughs> uh, have. Any of the any of the quests so far have been like big standouts to you that you really enjoyed? Oh, uh, let's see. I re- I did really enjoy the Tourmaline quest. The gem mine was a lot of fun. That's going to be mm-hmm. really funny when they go back there because they're completely unaware of what they have unleashed. Um, <laughs> the the fight. Let's see. the The Goodmead fight was re- one was really good. That was a, a big, scary, awful fight. They wound up basically fighting everything they just kind of rolled through that entire thing and were rolling well and killing things as they went but it was this very and that's the one that's the one with the uh like it's got the cave uh north of town and 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 there's like a a giant creature of some sort yeah there's a giant and ogre and a and there's a wolf or something wow yeah that would be a difficult fight to to do with everything yes they've got a sidekick that helps them to use the out of uh, out of Tasha's guide. Oh, okay. How has that been going for you? That's been going great. He was a scout with levels in uh, spellcaster, and he's a charisma caster. So they have no idea what to make of him. He's like this sleepy <laughs> guy, but he blasts eldritch blasts and casts Tasha's hideous laughter every now and then. So they have no idea what he really is. But that's fun. Uh, have any of the have any of the quests given you any kind of trouble so far? been pretty good with that uh the the black cabin one uh was pretty deadly um at the end i had really really wanted to um i I think i changed that one up and threw a whole bunch uh, threw in some extra zombies like things and reskinned just to really make it look like the that oriel was after them specifically also had her up oriel herself flying overhead just to scare him a bit Oh wow. um, But that, due to some really good rolls on my part and really bad rolls on theirs, a couple of them got dropped, and we wound up being uh, fairly near a TPK. I actually had, I had, but I had um, threw in the Goliath uh, Werebear in the background. Mm-hmm. I knew he was in the area, and if things got too dire, he could run in, which he wound up doing. And at the end, it turned out they didn't even really need him to they were able to um, get somebody up and, and rally, but that was the only near thing. Uh, how did you how did you run the whole thing where they like uh, try to get the the summer star or whatever to, to fix it or, or whatever? Like <laughs> that that part seemed a little a little iffy to me, a little little floaty. Like, okay, I guess I make you do some kind of a crafting check or something. Basically, yeah, it wound up. It helped that in. By that point, Clinton had had gotten the ring, which he did via um, a heist at one point that we had that I had to throw together. But 
<laughs> I had decided that the ring was a ring of mind shielding. Now the okay. ring of mind, the ring of mind shielding. Um, if you die, your spirit can go into the ring. So I decided that the ancestor, or that there, that there's been just this big ancestor that's been living in this ring all the time. That's been um, giving everybody secrets. Who's been wearing it, and that's how the noble house has been maintaining it was maintaining itself over the centuries and then so he had it so his his an, his ancestor who's been in the belly of a fish for you know 200 <laughs> years now and is completely nuts um it keeps babbling in his head well when when they blew up that guy came out of the ring and wound up in the afterlife with the or in that little weird you know border ethereal afterlife uh-huh. Which left the ring there, so that they were able, the people that were in the afterlife were able to jump into the ring when someone else had picked it in, and they were able to talk to them. Oh, okay. So that's cool. That's a that's a good way to do that. <laughs> yeah, and that was kind of, that just kind of threw itself together <laughs> in the circumstance because someone asked, "Wait, you came into the ring? Can we go into the ring?" Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> cool so that was a cool thing and they they got out and felt very proud of themselves and then got attacked by a whole bunch of scary cold things nice so they they so they stole they actually did a, a big heist of uh the inn and Bryn shander to to get the ring out of the the big mouth billy bass there exactly yes uh once Clinton was very <laughs> insistent that they do this, I wound up picking up a product on um, on the DM Guild. Called it was by a guy named Jimmy Merritt, called "Here's to uh -huh. Crime: A Guide to Capers," which okay. actually does some pretty interesting ideas on how to pull heist stuff. Like it's basically a fourth edition skill challenge okay. is how they do it. But they do. He had some great ideas for how to how to simulate the kind of heist you're used to watching on a on a movie not uh -huh. to get bought not to get barred and i used a lot of that it didn't go as well as it could have I, I but now that i've done it once i think i know a lot more about what they're going for but it's right it's, it's supposed to get you not bogged down with the minutia of planning and just kind of throw you in there and just kind of have to weasel your way in and out but they wound up finding a there was a rival group of of heisters trying for the same thing that had been sent by by the rival uh, noble so that's what led them off to good meat eventually after he got it and and then Albion wound up running against his noble cousin for a speaker in good mead that's oh wow but so did he did he win <laughs> he did he did win but it was a kind of a pyrrhic victory because the Zentarum had attacked during the middle of it, but wound up and uh, destroying the entire mead production. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, they managed to save a queen, so they can, if they're able to get rid of this horrible weather, that they can possibly, you know, reproduce the hive. But it's going to take a while, and there's not going to be any mead and. Well, I'm sure he's going to enjoy his first speakers meeting, but that's later. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Interesting. Yes. And then his cousin challenged uh, him to a duel and died, so he's out of it. So, 
Oh, nice. Okay, that's very satisfying for him, you know? Yes, he enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, have you made any kind of big changes so far? I mean, we've talked about several of them, but yeah. <laughs> uh, have there been any other big ones you wanted to talk about? Yeah, I think... Well, one thing that's going to happen now is uh, I, I basically added more of a Harper presence. I decided because they uh -huh. were having so much fun with the politicking against the Zentarum, and so I decided that that when they went to Lonelywood, that the speaker there was also a Harper. And okay. so now, and that's going to be kind of where they go next now that they've done this, because they all have, they're going to between the two of them and a couple of allies that they have in the other speakers, they're going to call to try to call together a conclave of speakers meeting in order to basically demand that they stop these sacrifices. And so that's going to be fun because <laughs> I'm like, all right, let's see how that goes. But, but um, cool. I, uh, I'm I'm yeah, also not sure. This I may just. Um, turn this into a like a a much shorter campaign, and just and after the the Juarger are are done, that's where they're also going to be going next. They've already started really hardcore to that. Okay. Um, once that's done, I might just have them fight. You know, do some sort of thing. Have them go right to Oriel and and fight her, just because I do like the Nethery city and all of that. But it just seems like kind of tonally different it seems like a completely different adventure and i might be able to use that for something else later on if i wanted to yeah i'm kind of i'm kind of thinking the same thing as i get to the end here uh i think i will continue on into it mm -hmm. but it does feel like like a separate thing somehow and it's weird that you know you you fight a god <laughs> And that isn't the the you know the the in cap of the campaign. It's it's strange. Well, the way I was kind of thinking about like a may it'd be a major change, but to be would be kind of interesting, is that you could do it as when you're fighting Oriel and then you kill her, you kill her there, and then at the end she she says something like "You fools, you don't know what you've released," and then once things start to melt a little bit, you realize that inside of that city is something worse than her and yeah. she's been keeping the rhyme on the whole time to keep that trapped right yeah that's exactly where i'm going right now yeah that's pretty cool so then the yeah so I, I, we do something wrong <laughs> yeah my idea is that uh inside of the the netherese city one of these denizens uh has has uh, activated the Mythalar inside of it, like the the miniature Sunstar or whatever that one was called. Yeah. Uh, and and you know they've they've got like a big desert going on inside of here. They're trying oh, okay. to melt the glacier, and only Oral, you know, keeping it frozen. With uh, I also uh, <laughs> gave her the Ring of Winter uh, that she stole from the Frost Giants, or you know she helped the Frost Giants. They were gonna fi find it together. And then she ended up snagging it in the end and, and going away well, and making them angry. Uh, and she's using, you know, her all of her power as a goddess just to control this Ring of Winter to only freeze Icewind Dale because she doesn't want to, you know, make everyone in the world come and try to kill her or whatever. Uh, just to keep this this glacier uh, frozen up. And, and unfortunately, <laughs> I mean, they're right in the middle of the battle right now. They're in phase one of the battle. 
uh, we had to stop because it was running so long. Right. And we're not going to be able to get to it until like week after next. But uh, yeah, they've still got two more phases of oral left to go. That is great. That is really why I'm so glad that you're doing this because I mean, players have opportunities all the time to talk about you know playing the same game that you know together. I've talked to a million people about Tomb of Horrors, but it isn't DMs don't really get all that many times to go to talk about the same published campaign and how you're running it. It's right. It, it's it's not really an opportunity that comes up all that often, so it's great to be able to do so. Yeah, and also, I mean, <laughs> I have a I have a big impulse. I don't know if this is just me, but after every session, I have a big impulse to go to my players and say, you know, in the book it was actually written this way, but I changed <laughs> yeah. it to be this, and yeah, I think it actually that. ran quite a bit better that way. And yeah, it's like, you no, know, you don't want to let the, you know, you don't want to show them behind the curtain or anything like that. You got to keep that stuff hidden. Uh, mm-hmm. But it is interesting and fun to talk about. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, have you have you thought of anything that you kind of wish you'd you'd done at the beginning, or or uh, a change you wish you had implemented earlier, or anything like that? Um, I I did forget about my other big change, but actually, this question can let oh, okay. me answer that. It can let me answer it. Um, that's. <laughs> the, I remember. So I thought I was being so clever by having like the the serial killer zombie guy be you know be the pirate's uh, companion but then the pirate dies and suddenly (laughs) i now have something that doesn't mean anything to anybody so i had to call do an immediate audible retcon and decide that seb's character was was his old character was the killer all the time oh and so, interesting so, so, so he was like doing the, it like unaware or something uh no he was aware we, we basically right kind he was oh. aware and he was hanging out with them to try to figure out what the uh, on, on oriel's behalf to figure out what they were up to so going forward that has <laughs> changed the relationship between them because and th- that came out of a running gag too because they i originally had given them a uh, a cleric uh, sidekick, spellcasting cleric, and they immediately forgot about forgot that he was there, as you know people are <laughs> want to do with NPCs. But uh-huh. but the re- but what made it huge is they called they they decided to name themselves the tribe of three. He's like, but but I'm right here. <laughs> um, and so after and after they forgot about him again, I just decided that he was then killed by Seb's character. And, was oh, okay. and so they came across him later found his journal said I can't believe these inconsiderate jerks can't remember me they've left me sitting in several places so they felt really bad about that <laughs> but I, what I really wish is I would have done is like had everybody make characters together because there was a bit of wonkiness with because um, Clinton got really excited and just like ran into his character and had this whole idea and it, it wasn't necessarily, you know, one that went with what we were going with. I wound up making it, it so by adding this. Right. And uh, but it would have been just just nice to really to get it down. But other than that, I think we did a I did a pretty good job of, of getting everything going and running with it. Cool. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, like, what are your plans going for? Like, where are they? You said they're there. It seems like they're going to be heading to. Uh... A uh, sunblight next. Uh, they're at Lonelywood. 
right now, and I think the idea is they're going to they're probably going to be calling some sort of conclave. Um, I do. They also have, you know, had a. Are it, it, I'm giving. It depends on where they go. They might veer back to East Haven directly because they know that the one Dwerger is there and they hate him. <laughs> um, and they also know that there is a. And, and once they find out, you know, where the fortress is, there's a very good chance they're going to beeline for that, which is good right. because because I'm going to give them the um, or have them meet the mind flares on the way. Okay. Yeah, that's a good idea. And then that way, if they wind up have winding up with a friendly relationship with them, then that'll be allow them to get some really cool future weapons to fight the dragon with in some uh-huh. sort of epic thing. And they'll be able to kind of possibly fly the id ship back there too. And that's just the kind of epic scene that makes that I started playing D anD D in the first place for. So. Oh yeah. Oh, that could be interesting. I mean, if they get a, a good relationship with them, and then the dragon gets away. Right. Maybe they could uh, go back to that ship and fly back to town. Mm-hmm. Yeah are are there any are there any of the chapter two quests that that have like piqued your interest that you want to like uh, point them towards? It dep- if I wind up doing the 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 uh, Netherese city, I'm definitely gonna have the little preview for that one. Um, they've but other, other than that, and uh, what was the other ones? There's a lot of the. It's going to be a lot of um, grabbing whatever I can from various <laughs> places and throwing them, throwing them down at this stage because they've gotten to a point where they they're driving the action, which is like every DM right. screen. Yeah, that's cool. So, and you know that they don't know where the book says uh, the cackling chasm is. <laughs> you can pop that in anywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, it sounds like a, a really a really fun campaign to me. Uh, is there anything that I've I've missed uh, that, you, that you wanted to talk about? I don't think so. We just I mean there was just so much of it. I mean it's it's been a lot of fun. I mean it's I I've had a lot of fun with it. It was intimidating um, going to looking at trying to run something with all of these different towns, but mm-hmm. I just learned the trick. Um, there's if you don't know, um, it's, there's a product called the Lazy the Lazy DM, or the Lazy Dungeon Master, okay. the Return of the Lazy DM. It's by a guy yeah. named Jay who goes by Sly Flourish. Right. Um, that has really been invaluable for how for me. Just I'm, I mean, he doesn't sponsor me or anything. I'm just I'm, <laughs> he <laughs> he doesn't need any sponsorship by however many people I have, but uh, the. <laughs> He is really good at laying down that the mystery is itself is the important part rather than where it is or who has it. Uh-huh. And so you can get by a lot with a whole bunch of names of NPCs and just a list of things they have to find out. And then they'll wander around and whichever NPCs they wind up sticking to, it kind of organically works its way you know, into figuring out the things. And you can get and so that that means it's it becomes a lot more comfortable with them wandering off to wherever the hell they want to. If you keep that in mind, if they go to a different town and you have an entire thing planned for this one, well, they're going to find a version of this over there, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can definitely do it that way. Uh, and you know that you could always just move the the quest you like to a, a different town or whatever. That's always fine as well. Yeah, done that. 
but yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing how it goes from here. And maybe I'll pop by again after chapter two, and we'll. And then yeah, that, yeah, that'd be great. By that sure. point, it'll be changed to the point of well, they all went to Sigil, and now they're in Hell. So. <laughs> yeah, it could very well. <laughs> we'll find out. Uh, I know. I know you're the the co-host of. Uh, several podcasts why don't you tell everybody about those ah uh, well my wife and i do the ma- the main one it's uh married watching cartoons which is a spin-off of our first one called married with comics they're both on the same feed um on that one maggie and i take turns um showing each other a cartoon that the other one might not be as familiar with and we just kind of uh riff on it and talk about it sometimes we have guests um we also are over on the Longbox Crusade. We do Transformers Chronicles with our friends Pat and Delvin. Uh, we are covering the Marvel Transformers comics in order from every month. And on our own, we also do, if you like Transformers, we do Transformers The Rod Pod, where we're doing the same thing, but with the IDW Transformers comics. Oh, interesting. You're, you're going at it from, from every angle. <laughs> yep, all sorts of... Yep, we like comics and Transformers, so. Awesome. So everybody check that out. Also, uh, what, okay, so we talked about uh, the Lazy DMs Guide uh, by Scott Sly Flourish. What was that other, the, the heist uh, supplement you, t- you said earlier? Uh, it's called Here's to Crime, a guide to capers. And that was by a guy named Jimmy okay. Merritt. And I think I told you before about Eventier Games is little, he, that does uh, little supplements to, I think, pretty much all of the published adventures, but I've been reading, the one for Rhyme of the Frost Maiden has been pretty invaluable. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely check that one out as well. I have, I've mentioned that a, a couple of times, uh, but I'll link that one as well. Let's get all of this in there. Uh, so everybody can, can, you know, pick up these uh, these supplements and, and use them uh, to make their campaign better. John, thank you so much for, for coming on and talking about your campaign. You are welcome. Thank you again for inviting me. It was great to be here. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, thank you for listening. We'll, I'll, I will talk to you next time. Probably next week uh, John won't be here, but uh, <laughs> who knows? Maybe, maybe they'll really fly through Chapter 2. But anyway, I'll talk to you next time. Uh, thank you for listening to A DM's Guide to Rhyme of the Frostmaiden. Uh, bye-bye. <laughs>